back to our session today on the book of Daniel. We're studying kind of a little bit of the background and the history in the first chapter of the book to get a perspective so we can understand the amazing things that God did. We, had, we talked yesterday about the fact that one of the reasons why God allowed a sinful, evil nation like Babylon and a wicked king like Nebuchadnezzar to take over his people, the people of Judah, is because of their sins. And there were many sins. that They were worshiping false gods. They were ignoring his commandments. One of the sins that he had, give, that he had uh, told them, one of the things they sinned about was he had told them to, to use the farmland for six years and then let it lie vacant for the seventh so it could recoup itself. This was called the law of the sabbatical year. And God promised if they would do that, that he would provide enough food in the sixth year for the seventh year. And he had given this law back in Leviticus 25, and he warned them in Leviticus 26 if they refused to practice the law of the sabbatical year, that he would scatter them among the heathen, and the land would have her Sabbath. The people didn't trust God in their greed and disobedience. They, they for 490 years, they didn't practice that seventh year of letting the landless life lie there and not be used. It seemed God did not notice, but God knew, and they were taken to Babylon for 70 years while the land rested. They owed God 70 years of Sabbath rest for the, for the, for the land. The land rested for 70 years while they were in captivity. You see, God knows what is going on, and he, he is, does what he says he's going to do. Jeremiah speaks of this in Jeremiah 25 chapter 25, verse 8. But there was a second sin that was a real cause for the captivity. It was the sin of idolatry, worshiping false god, building images to false god. This sin had been gaining ground in Judah for hundreds of years. So finally God just said, enough. That's enough. And so he, he decided to let the judgment they had brought upon themselves to come to pass. They learned in... in Babylon to despise the idols they had worshipped and to see the terrible, terrible response that they bring. So often the gods we serve turn sour and they don't measure up. Today, the gods of money and lust and greed and power usually end up being something that we regret we ever had anything to do with because whatsoever we sow, we reap and the results come. God is saying to us, he's saying, it's the foolishness of having our own way. All, the Bible says that all have gone astray like sheep and we've turned everyone to his own way, Isaiah 53, 6. And that's what the country of Judah did. They had their own way. They did what they wanted to. It didn't satisfy them and it eventually sickened them and destroyed them and God had to bring them back from the depths of their despair. So we need to hear God's word. Daniel was taken captive because he was caught up in the sin of his people, though he himself was godly and walked with God. And God's people, sometimes God allows us to be caught up in, in the judgment that comes upon others, but we will be sustained by God and he will provide for us. Now I want us to move on and I want us to look at what happened when uh, Nebuchadnezzar took over. Among, one of the things he did, we find this in the first chapter, 
he said, and I'm quoting from verse 4, I want young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. And he told this particular official that he wanted him to teach them the language of Babylon and the literature of Babylon. And he assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. And among those were Daniel and his three friends, who he became known later as Belshazzar, Daniel did. They changed his name to Belshazzar and his three friends' names to, uh, to uh, let's see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that became the names of his three friends. So let's look at that today. And uh, he, he had taken two valuable possessions Nebuchadnezzar had from, from Judah. He had taken the vessels from the temple. Now he's taken their most valuable possession, their choice young men. Young men of power and prestige and men, young men who had great potential. And that's the greatest resource we have is our children and our youth. They're, they're our most valuable possession. And that's why we need to train them up in the ways of the Lord and show them his ways. But notice the, the requirements the king had for these young men. And they're, they're given in verses 3 and 4. I read them. He wanted youth who were physically fit and no defects, good looking. He wanted them to be strong physically. And he, he uh, wanted them to be nice looking. And I think that's the more the idea here of clean cut, not so much that they were just handsome, but clean cut and, and uh, that they were uh, not ragged looking and they were pleasing in appearance. And he wanted those who, who had ability to learn and intellectually were strong and that they had an educational background, that they had a desire to learn and desire to grow. He was looking for those with a well-rounded education. I believe a Christian ought to have a well-rounded education. Uh, I believe a preacher of the gospel in our time is foolish if he doesn't have a well-rounded education. We need to know psychology. We need to know sociology. We need to know history. We may not agree with all the principles of psychology or sociology, but nonetheless, we will understand it. We may not go along with a lot of the philosophies of the world, but we will understand them, and we will see how to deal with them. We must be careful that we don't succumb to some of them and fall into the trap of believing some of the things that are taught today. And so they had some really high requirements for these young men. And I want you to notice the program that the king set up. He wanted to make them ready to serve in his court and to get them ready to be officials. He had to, he had to make them like the Babylonians. He had to turn them into Babylonians. First of all, he had to take away all the things that, uh, the, that were Jewish and make them into ideas that were Babylonian. And that's what he wanted to do, so he began to apply the pressure to squeeze them into the Babylonian mold. He wanted to erase every identification with the people of Israel or, or Judah and their land. And there were three parts to that plan. It was certainly a good one, and it worked with most of these young men except four, four who took what he gave, learned what he taught, 
but held on to their deep and abiding convictions that they had in their personal relationship with God. And today we face the same things. We can be squeezed into the world mold, the world's mold, as Romans 12, 2 says, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold, make you like itself, or we can let God keep working in our lives and transforming us into the people he wants us to be. We're going to pick that up tomorrow. I hope you have a great day. God bless you.